<clears throat> Hi, it's Emmett. So um, yesterday, Mark Angelini, a uh, spoon carver down in Virginia, announced, uh, well, I guess he didn't do it yesterday. Yesterday is when I came across it, uh, him announcing that he was shifting over to a commissions, what I'm calling a, a commissions and specials sales model where you can either order things from him and sort of get on the list and he will fulfill them as he can. Uh, and he will also do a regular sort of once a week carve something that's just available up for grabs. Um, this is exactly what I do. And I uh, was really excited to see him adopting this model, um, which very few other people use. And I wanted to talk about why I think it's such a great model for someone trying to build a, a business when they don't live in a place where they can do a lot of shows. Um, so first of all, let's acknowledge that this might not be the right strategy for everyone. You know, if you live somewhere where you can go to a regular farmer's market that is hopping and people will actively buy your, your stuff, whatever it is, uh, then that might be a better way to organize your time. But if, like me, you don't live near a hopping farmer's market that would have enough money coming in to support that kind of thing, or if you don't live in a city where you can develop personal relationships with uh, high-end stores, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. What I've found is that for someone like me who lives out in the country, who has access to people through social media, but not through actually um, seeing them face-to-face, -face, that this is a great model. It's a great model for a couple of reasons. First of all, it means you know exactly what to make and, you, and how many of them, right? Somebody asks you for something, you know they want it, and you know it's sold, and this allows you to be very efficient with your time. If all you did was fill commissioned work, however, your work would stagnate in the long run because you would not have spent the time doing the creative adjustments and experiments that moves your work forward, which is where the specials comes in. Having specials that happen once a week or, or thereabouts or any sort of sort of batch of work that people can immediately grab uh, is great because it allows you to experiment and make something that is different than anything you've done before. And it also gives people a chance to immediately buy your work if they are fast. And so it lends this element of opportunity to you. Uh, where they feel like it's not just going to be a, a wait, but that they can get something immediately. Now, obviously, if you're just starting out and you have no wait list, you're just taking commissions, then the specials don't have the significance that they will once you build up a wait list over time. I personally think that it is valuable to have a bit of a wait list, but more than a month or two, and it starts to 
get to be a uh, something where it will self-regulate to a certain extent. People will decide to buy elsewhere if you have m- more than about two months of a wait list. I'm starting to see it. I've I'm about um, about two and a half months, and I can see orders falling through where somebody decides they're going to sort of check back later and see if my wait list is shorter. Um, so I think it's important to try and keep it a wait list shorter than that. But I do think having some amount of a wait list is important because I feel like a wait list keeps you from being desperate and clingy with any given order. And it puts you in a position of power in these relationships with customers who are asking to order something. I remember when my wait list was first growing up, I, I had sort of a six month period where I felt like I felt all this pressure to like, you know, complete the order as fast as possible. Because up until I started having a wait list, it would just happen immediately, right? Someone would order something, I would make it the next day, I would go to the post office that day or the day after that, and it would be shipped out. Great for them unsustainable for me and not just logistically but sort of mentally the feeling of like ah, get it out get it done get it done and once you get you know a three-week wait list you start to feel like you know the work is there you're going to get it done as reasonably as you can you're going to be as accurate as you can reasonably be with the estimates the time estimates you're going to give people but it's you know, people understand that they're that they are buying from you, and that that involves a bit of a wait. So I don't think it's something to avoid. In fact, I think it's something to cultivate to a certain extent. Which means, when you are starting out and you don't have a wait list, just because you can carve eight hours a day, doesn't mean you necessarily should carve eight hours a day. Uh, I think it's worth trying to find other work while you're doing this work that can be flexible enough that as this thing builds up and takes off over the course of six months to a year to a year and a half in my case that you can slowly phase out this other thing and as you ramp up the say the spoon carving that you do um because particularly when you're starting out, having a bit of a wait list is a subconscious indicator to people that what they're getting from you is valuable. Um, even before they decide to buy from you, if you have a bit of a wait list, it, it sends a signal that your time is valuable and your skill is valuable. Um, I think a lot of times people try to say this message with a price and I don't think that that gets through I think when you have a high price it doesn't tell people that your work is valuable people look at it and they say it's not worth that but if you have a bit of a wait list and the price is reasonable that sends a different message to people it tells them uh, that that you are someone that they should value because your time is precious So I highly recommend if you start doing this commissions and and sales type of uh, commissions and specials type sales model that you 
pair it with some other form of work, some other thing that you do, some other way that you spend your time so that you are not swamping things with your work. You want the demand to outstrip what you are spending your time doing. And that's a delicate thing. And it's easy to think, oh, but I could be carving and carving and carving and making all of this. And maybe it's worth sort of separating it in your head of like, you know, I I am it, like, let's say you're carving to prepare for a winter market, but you also want to do commissions. And actually, I do this. I, I find it's really helpful if I say to myself, if I keep them totally separate, if I say to myself, I'm going to spend four hours a day preparing for this long term goal thing event that's happening. And then I'll spend the other three to four hours of work a day doing the commissions that I have, right? It's not that every commission gets to jump in front of the work that you are otherwise doing, even if it's the same type of work. And that's the thing that people have to wrap their heads around is that your preparation for this event that's happening in a month is just as important as somebody asking you for something right now. And you have to have the discipline to not just uh, put aside these long-term commitments to do the short-term thing. And if that means that you have a bit of a wait list because you are not allowing yourself to do commissions for however many hours a day you have available, that's actually a good thing and will lead to more growth down the road. Now, um, when it comes to the specials, I think it's um, people people go back and forth when, with... Uh, you know, should a special be more money because you can get it immediately? Should it be less money because it's experimental and therefore who knows? I've done both. Uh, I've done less money because I felt like it was sort of me experimenting and it wasn't necessarily up to the standard of my regular work. Um, but then I actually jacked the price up because I felt like if I charged more money than... Uh, then I wouldn't just be tempted to do the, if I did sort of a flat rate that was my special and it was a little bit more money, then I wouldn't be tempted to always make a large form special because that large form special would be bringing in five extra dollars than if I did a small form special. And so by making it a sort of flat rate, a special is a special and it has the same price across the board. That allowed me, it freed me up to be more creative with that process. Now, since I've started doing these uh, useless spoons, the art project, I haven't been carving specials in the same way. And instead, I've been doing, my experimenting has been happening through my Spoon of the Month Club, where uh, each month I devise and then uh, practice and practice this new form. And so th there's that, but that doesn't, uh, serve the same purpose of people getting to order something right away and have that sort of rush of, I'm, you know, I want to spend money and I spent money. Um, and instead, I found that I can do that by doing regular offerings of, of every month I do a, uh, a series of template sheets, which I'm about to do when I get back from Munich. Um, and so if you get on the list, you get the template sheet within the month, sometimes within a couple of days, depending on when you get on the list. Um, also having uh, the burnishing and polishing tools um, come in and usually having some available leftover from 
whatever people pre-ordered allows people to buy something right away. And whenever I do bark sheaths for somebody, I always make a bunch of extras and then those can sell as well. And that gives people the chance to dip their toe and buy a little something on the spur of the moment from me um, and experience what that's like and the interaction that they'll have with me um, without having the months long wait. And I think that that's a really important source of developing new relationships with new customers. Um, so the specials serves that purpose as well. I think one of the reasons why this type of sales model is so much more valuable than doing the typical thing that I see spoon carvers do where they'll carve a batch of spoons and then release them as a batch. And I've had a couple of podcast episodes about this is that when you carve a whole bunch and then release them as a batch, you end up getting skewed data about what people want and what they don't want because you're creating a feeding frenzy and you also are sort of artificially putting pressure on the situation where somebody who maybe isn't ready to buy this particular spoon feels like they either have to do it now or not at all. And either way, whether they buy it or not, you are not getting clean data on whether they actually want it and at what price they want it. And you're also potentially setting yourself up to having a whole bunch of product that didn't sell. In which case, you're going to be tempted to put it on sale. And then that's going to create a downward spiral of people's expectations of the value of your work, which is the exact opposite of what you want to create. The commissions and sales model sidesteps that whole situation. And while in some ways you might think that it is more work to take somebody's order, put it on a list, come back to that when you get to that point on the list and then reach out and handle the thing rather than I make what I want to make, I put it up for sale and people buy it if they want it. I would argue that it has so many advantages in terms of efficiency and in terms of getting a really clean read on what people actually want to buy and at what price point that it it is far, far superior. Um, and it actually doesn't, I think it doesn't take that much more sort of customer interaction. And I would argue that the, the extra customer interaction you get with this sales model is actually really valuable. I think you end up with a stronger relationship with the customer and they're much more likely to become a repeat customer and to give you feedback and to uh, develop a relationship with you that extends over time. And that's invaluable. And you don't get that when you do batch releases. Um, so uh, really proud of Mark Angelini for taking this step. I think more people should take this step. If anyone has questions about details about this that I might not have uh, talked about, please reach out on Instagram, send me a DM um, and let me know. I'm happy to talk more about this in a following episode. And now I need to go wash a bunch of dishes. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, talk maybe tomorrow, certainly Sunday. Goodbye. Okay,